and a great God would deliver us from destruction and death. Father, we sing how great you are, but we want to live how great you are. We want to see you great in our lives because you, Father, want to see yourself great in our lives. Father, you desire to bless us more than we'll ever know. You desire to protect us and heal us more than we'll ever know. Father, we say you're great, Father, but our faith must line up with that declaration. You must not be just great to sing about, Father. You must be great to operate in our lives. Father, we choose to let you operate greatly in our lives, to be great in our day-to-day -day life. Every day, Father, we want to see you great in healing, great in deliverance, great in protection, Father. That's the greatness of your, of your goodness, Father. We thank you, Father. You are a great God. But not just in words, Father, not just in declarations, but in actual deeds in our individual lives. Father, you're great to heal us protect us, Father, tomorrow from other sicknesses and diseases. Father, we can live a life of divine health because of your greatness. We can live a life free from sickness and disease because you are great. So, Father, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory and majesty, Father. You are good and your mercy endureth forever. Thank you, Father. Father, we give you all praise and honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we were singing that song and it just, it just rose up inside me. We say he is great, but are we living that he's great? You know, are we, are we declaring by faith that he's actually great in my life today, in my individual life? And so many times the church and, you know, not so much our church or the, even the Word of Faith churches, but the church as a whole will declare how great and big God is, but then... When you ask him, what is he doing in your life that's so great? You know, and, and there's nothing, right? Sometimes, well, we're going to heaven. That's, that is great. That's an amazing thing. It's, a, it's the greatest of all of them. But what has he done since then, right? What uh, greatness has he done in your life that you're believing him for? Amen. And I, I believe with all my heart that the Lord desires us to live the life as if we really have a great God that we serve every day. Amen. And if he's great, then he wants to heal your body. If he's great, he wants to deliver your life from all destruction. Amen. Uh, because he is great. And, you know, if he's great but doesn't do anything, that's not really all that great, is it? Right. You know, I have the best friend. What's your friend ever help you do? Well, he doesn't ever help me do anything. Well, what's so great about him? Well, he's great. You know, well, has he ever helped you mow the yard? No, no. Has he ever helped you paint your house? No, he's never done anything like that. He ever, you know, jumped your car off when you need a, when you need a battery? No, he's never done that. You know, has he ever gave me a ride anywhere? No, no. Now, what's great? Has he ever paid for your dinner? No, he's never done that, you know. Uh, well, I'm waiting. I'm still waiting for what's, what's so great about him, right? You know, and, and um, you know, it's just uh, 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 the Lord is great. Amen. Uh, and so I want to back up with the declaration that he's great with the, the testimony of my life of showing everyone how great he really is. Amen. Because your testimony, you know, a lot of times people think that their testimony ends at their salvation. But really, you know, according to the word of God, your testimony begins the day of your salvation. Everything you did prior to the day of your salvation, you know, sometimes it's interesting to hear the stories about how sorry of a person you were before you got saved, you know, and some, but sometimes people relish that almost, you know, that their testimony about what they did before they got saved is almost more important than what God has done for them since they got saved. Amen. You know, my testimony for me personally, before I got saved is really not all that interesting, right? I mean, I never, I never... Well, I mean, I stole some bubble gum when I was in sixth grade. You know, that was my crime spree. Uh, and and that, that ended pretty quickly after that, you know. Um, you know, I was a hardened criminal at that time. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, I, I did cuss a little bit when I was 12 years old. Uh, I think when I was in junior high, I, you know, I, I drank like a half a can of beer. And, um, uh, you know, and, that, and that's about it, you know. I mean, so uh, it, really not much, right? Never did any drugs, never smoked a cigarette, you know, never been drunk. Um, uh, and um, I got, well, I did get a speeding ticket one time, but that's been since I got saved. Um, well, probably more than once, you know, but yeah, probably more than once, you know. I don't need any help from the front row there, you know, on how bad I am. But, uh, uh, you know, it, but, you know, I've had people almost, you know, and they have actually kind of looked down upon me because my sin was not as bad as their sin was. And they would almost have kind of a, a pride and arrogance about, you know, you mean you never did anything like that? Wow, you know, what kind of a Christian are you? 
uh, and I'm a Christian who, you know, avoided all that. You know, you think about how much, how much you have to overcome if you were involved in all that sin, and then you get saved. You got to remember, well, I did that, but I don't need to do that anymore. You know, uh, well, uh, there there is some advantages of being the youngest of eleven. I could I could observe and watch the ten older brothers and sisters and make notes of, well, that's not a good idea, right? And, and just don't do it, right? Uh, and so I, that's really why I avoided much of the conflict that so many people go through is because I observed the failings of, of uh, many of my older brothers and sisters and some of the things that they did. And, and that's not to run them down. You know, they were normal, you know, people. They were just doing things wrong like everybody does. But I observed that those things weren't working out so well for them and just made notes. Well, I'm not going to do that. You know, it's not going to not going to work out well to do that. So, uh, no, I don't have, you know, this great, scary, I was a drug dealer and a drug addict and, and you know, I was in a ditch somewhere. I, I don't have a great testimony about what, what the, the Lord, what I was doing prior to getting saved. But, you know, Jesus said that, uh, uh, and, and people take this out of context, but one time Jesus said, those that have been given, been forgiven much, love me much. But most people read that as those that have sinned much love him much. But it's not, it's not a, a competition of who sins the most because that's almost unfair. That means that I don't have the capacity to love Jesus as much as someone who is a worse sinner than I was. No, the, the difference is it's not about who sins the most. It's if you recognize that how, how far from, from heaven you are because you commit a single sin, and you recognize how far from glory and perfection you are just because of that one failing, then you will love the, the Lord more than somebody else who doesn't realize that. And that's what Jesus, and so that means anybody can love Jesus more if they just would appreciate how much his love for them allowed them to get saved and to be free from their sin. Uh, if, if it's the other way that he who sins the most loves him most, then I'm stuck then I just can't love him as much as some other people can. Amen? Because I, I was a much, pretty much a failure as a sinner. I was not a very good sinner. I was still a sinner, but, um, you know, and I, uh, but I wasn't as bad as, as, you know, bad, you know, quote bad, as other people were. And I say that in air quotes because uh, the smallest infraction, you know, is a travesty against the goodness of God. Uh, and so if you're not saved and, uh, and you're doing the smallest things, even if they're not, you know, terrible things that the world would would put you in jail for there's still an affront against the the, the holiness of god uh, and i know that i understand i understand i appreciate how much god loves me and how uh how far from his kingdom i am because of the small things that i did even as a sinner i recognize how far i was from the kingdom because of those sins and that he allowed me to to, to tra uh, transfer across that that distance uh because of his love and coming to his kingdom. Amen. Uh, and so, and so that's why I sing how great he is because my testimony began the day I got saved. Uh, it, it didn't end there. Right. Uh, and so when people try to compete about how bad of a sinner they were before they got saved, it, it's, it's boring to me. You know, I want to know how has God healed you? How has he delivered you? How has he spoken supernaturally into your life? That's what I, I want to know. I don't care that you was a drug dealer. I mean, I really don't care. Well, I spent all this time in prison. I don't care. I mean, I just, uh, you know, it's interesting, you know, for just from an intellectual standpoint, you know, uh, but if, it's, if, it's, if they're using their sin to compete against me, that they're a better Christian than I am because they were a worse sinner than I was, that, that, that's, you know, that, that's pride and youthful lust is all it is. Amen. Uh, now, like, you know, Brother Randy, he actually spent time in prison. He does never, he never glorifies that. And he, you know, he'll never hear him that, well, I was, I was in prison and you never were. So, you know, uh, I'm a way better Christian than you are. You were in prison, you know. <laughs> and so uh, he uh, and I thank God that he never does that. You know, he never lords it over people around him that, you know, I was a worse sinner than you were, you know, nana, nana, nana. Uh, uh, and so but people do that. Amen. Now, how great is God in your life today? How great is God in your life on a day-to-day -day basis? He should be great. He has the desire to be great in your life. Uh, and so when we sing the how great is our God, it shouldn't be just, in theory, you're great. You know, it would be nice if you were actually great, but no, he really is great, amen? And, and I'm th so thankful that he is great in my life, amen? Uh, you know, uh, I had one of those people that were, that were kind of bragging to me about their sin, 
and um, you know how I didn't do all these things, you know, and and I said, well, the thing about it is, I said we were both sinners. I said we were, we were both on our way to hell before we got saved. Uh, I said you would have probably got there before I did, but you know because you were a worse sinner than I am. But you know we were still sinners, amen. We would have ended up at the same destination, amen. Uh, and and that is true, right? I mean sometimes sinners are so so great at sinning they they leave this earth early, uh, and so. Uh, but um, I, I I just. You know, I, there's a lot of games that are played in church. I, I just don't really like that. I don't like it when people are comparing with each other, you know. I don't, I don't like when they try to act like, you know, well, look at all these scars and tattoos I've got. You know, look how bad of a sinner I was. I'm not, a, I'm, not in, I'm not impressed, you know. I don't care if you've got a tattoo, none of my business or not. But that doesn't make you love God more than my lack of tattoos, amen. Um, and so, and I've got one or two scars, you know, but uh, not all that many scars, you know, just from normal things of life, you know, living in, in this life. Uh, that doesn't that doesn't make me more spiritual than somebody who doesn't have any scars, you know. Well, let me see how rough your hands are. Oh, you got you know you got office hands, you know. You, you've had an easy life, and that doesn't make you a better Christian than I am. Amen. Uh, it, I mean, people. Some people need to be outside workers. That's their job, right? Uh, and, and and that's fine. Some people need to work on the inside. You know, I used to get a lot of flack because I was a, a degreed engineer, had a, trained as an engineer, and I pushed a pencil all my life. You know. And not really, I mean, you know, nowadays you push a computer keyboard, right? Uh, but, you know, I had people at Christians who would look down upon me, you know, well, you know, some of us, you know, build motorcycles, you know, some of us ride motorcycles, you know, and they would kind of, and, and I said, well, you know, the thing that you got to appreciate is us engineers designed that motorcycle that you're, that you're riding on, that you love so much. And I'm glad you love your motorcycle, but, you know, some engineer figured out you know, the, the, uh, the, the gyroscopic force of that spinning wheel and decided how much that wheel should weigh in order to make it uh, balance correctly on the road. And, and you may not even know what words I just said. And that's fine because God needs people like me to do that, but God needs people like you to do your part. See, I, the way I see it is we need each other. We need all of us, right? If I think I'm better than you because I sit behind a keyboard... That's no better than you thinking you're better than me because you, you, you uh, dig a ditch. Uh, all of it is sin. All of it is pride and arrogance. Amen. There's no room for that in the body of Christ. Uh, we, we all have our part to play, and we should appreciate everybody's part to play. Amen. I'm glad that, that the Lord anoints people like my wife to sing. Amen. Because I'm not anointed to sing. You don't want to hear me sing. Amen. But I need her to sing. Amen. She's a good singer. She, she brings in the glory of God into into uh, in, into the sanctuary here so that I can do my job. Uh, you know, nobody even notices that Jared is back there turning buttons and knobs all the time. You know, and that, that's not a bad thing because he does it so well, nobody notices it, right? No, people only notice the sound system when it's broke. What's wrong with the sound, you know? Well, you hadn't said about how good the sound is for the last 16 years, right? You haven't appreciated how good that you can hear on the back row and how the reverb is perfect and how the volume of the music compared to the vocals is perfect, you know? Nobody notices that, and then it's fine. I'm not trying to get onto you because you haven't noticed. That's the whole point of, of running sound correctly. If you do it correctly, nobody ever notices it, right? People always brag about how great the singer is. Well, it's the only sound great because they have a great sound man, amen? Uh, uh, and so... Uh, but, you know, Chris is not uh, more important than Jared. Chris can't do what Chris does without Jared. I can't do what I do without Chris. You know, so, you know, it, it's uh, this any anytime there's competition in the body of Christ to me, it's very distasteful. It's very distasteful. You know, some people, well, you know, so and so they preach without notes. Fine. I could care less. I could care less. I love my notes. Right. Now, I'm not, you know, I mean, half the time I don't use my notes. You know, we go off on rabbit trails and fine, right? But, uh, but I love notes. I love taking notes, and, and, and that's who the Lord made me. And some people don't think that's wrong. It's just, it's just you know, Brother Hagin said he, when he was in, in the ministry seven years, he said, I still got the notes from the first time I preached. They're in my office. You go, but they're all handwritten. I've got all mine on a computer, but they're all handwritten. And, and he said, now, a lot of them I won't ever preach. You know, many of them I won't preach anymore. But he's got him. He was a note taker, right? Uh, and people are always trying to find some natural thing and to say, my natural thing is better than your natural thing, have no understanding about the goodness of God that he has made us such unique individuals with certain skills and talents and desires. You know, I love doing the things that I do. Amen. A lot of people just, 
you know, their, their eyes would roll in the back of it. You know, sometimes I'll be over there working. Chris said, what are you doing? And I tell her, and she's like, I have no idea what you just said, right? <laughs> I'm working on a regular expression to, you know, parse out some, you know, third thing. And she's like, what would you just say, you know? Uh, and, and it's not that she's uncaring about what I do, but I do what I do, amen? And, and that doesn't make me better than anybody. That doesn't make me more important than anybody. It's just I have my part to play, uh, and, um, and, and you've got your part to play, amen? So don't ever let anybody say that your testimony isn't as good as my testimony because, you know, uh, I shot three people before I got saved. What'd you ever do? Nothing. I said, I said some bad things to my parents one time. I remember that. Um, you know, does that make me a bad person? You know, uh, it did. You know, there were terrible things that I said. Uh, but um, uh, but uh, uh, all that goes back to God is great, amen. He's great in my life. And, and that, that greatness began the day that I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, amen. And it will continue until I breathe my last breath on the earth about how great he is. Uh, and I don't really care that it bothers anybody about uh, that I do these things, you know. Um, uh, I learned a long time ago that, uh, that I am okay exactly who I am, amen. Uh, and I will always be the person who, who uh, accepts you as an individual. Now, I understand that we can take who we are, we can twist it, right? That's out of the will of God and, and you know, become sinners as Christians even and, and love sin as Christians. I'm not talking about that stuff where you get out of the will of God. I'm not about God has made you before the foundation of the earth to add value to the kingdom of heaven and the things that you love, the things that you enjoy, and that's perfectly fine. Some people love to cook, right? And, and, but it's a good fit because pe some people love to cook. I love to eat. So it's a good fit, right? Now, see, if all of us love to cook, who's going to do the eating? You know, we're missing the, the part of it, right? So it's a, good, it's a good team effort, right? You love to cook, you love to eat, right? Nobody loves to clean, but we all have to do it, amen? Uh, and so, so, you know, it's, uh, and it's one thing I think that the body of Christ has really not done a good job about, about appreciating the uniqueness that God has made each one of us, amen? Now, you know, I, I'm interested in people with their backgrounds. You know, they come from different cultures. They're different colors than I am. They've got different languages than I've got. You know, they, they, some people love sports, and that's great. Some people love, you know, uh, whatever else they love, you know, building things, and that's fine. Some people love working puzzles. Some, and all, you know, none of those things are, are wrong, right? There, there's no sin in those things. It's just what do you like to do, right? Johnny loves buying 50 tools for the same thing, right? Uh, and... and that's great, you know, because I like, what, what tool did you buy, right? And, and uh, he bought some lawnmower blades. Did you need more lawnmower blades? No. <laughs> but you bought them anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, and so there you go. So, and that's great. You know, I got no problem with that, amen? Uh, it is perfectly fine. Uh, and so... Um, yeah. Yeah, and see, I need that. I need that Johnny in my life because of that. You know, God gives me the things to do what I do, and Johnny needs that in his life. Amen. Uh, and and why is that not okay? Amen. Why do we have to look down on Johnny? You know, what kind of a degree do you have, Johnny? You know, Johnny's got a degree of life, right? A PhD in life. What do you have, right? Uh, and so, uh, yeah, yeah, the Lord has has been good to you. And, uh, and, uh, and I believe, Johnny, that's because of your heart, right? That the, your heart has been such, such a big heart towards the Lord that he's granted you such revelation over the, over the years to help not only you, but your family, your friends. You know, people uh, have, have uh, allowed you to be a blessing in their life for a long time, amen? And we need you to stick around a lot longer, right? And so I think we've negotiated around 100 years, right? So we got you another 20 years, and, then, and we'll talk about it then, right? We're not just, we're not planning a date on, you know, going away party then or anything, but, uh, you know... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, yep, yep. So, yeah, you're at four score, and, and so he promised you the maximum of six score, and so that's only two-thirds of the way there, right? So so uh, I think it's all negotiable up to what we want. Because sometime after a while, you may just I just want to go home. Well, you know, I'm fine with that, right? I'm perfectly fine. Well, I'm not fine with you going home anytime soon, right? Me personally, but uh, I need you around here for a while. But um, But the Lord is good, amen? And so is he great? Let's let him be great in our life. Amen. Let's let him uh, let's let him heal our bodies. Amen. Let's let him and not only heal our bodies, but let's let him uh, increase our faith to the point that we can live a life of divine health. 
where we're not the sick getting healed all the time, we're the, we're the well staying well. Uh, and and uh, that's really a better, better life than the sick always having to get healed, amen? And we're not mad at anybody, you know, if, if that's your life right now, that's fine, right? Uh, but if there's anything that, uh, that's recurring, I, I go to the Lord about it. Lord, I, what's going on, right? This, this sickness thing, you know, I want it, I want, I want it out of my life. Now, what's the deal? And I can't tell you how many things he's given me revelation. So many things he will just change this, just, just change this thing in your life, and, and uh, you don't have to deal with that anymore. You know, sometimes it's, it's a supernatural healing, but sometimes it's supernatural wisdom. Uh, and, you know, for, for me, that works for me. That may not work for everybody else, but that works for me, just like with Paul told Timothy, you know, drink a little wine. That was specific to Timothy. That was not a general doctrine that, that wine is okay to, to consume in the church. That was for Timothy, for that specific sickness that he was dealing with that worked for him. That same sickness may not be, may not, uh, uh, be taken care of by somebody else drinking wine, but people will take that little verse, that one verse, and, and say that well, that's okay then for me to drink wine. That was for medicinal purposes, right? Of course, we all, mine is for medicinal purposes too, right? <laughs> well, that, that's between you and the Lord Jesus. I'm going to leave that alone, right? But, um, but, you know, my dad, I remember my dad, uh, the doctor told him uh, to uh, drink some whiskey every now and then. That was the doctor's orders. Now, now that was my dad's story that that was a doctor. Now, it could have been made out. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure it was not made up, but it could have been made up, right? The doctor told me to drink this, you know, and uh, and, um, you know, I'm pretty sure the doctor gave me a prescription to, to eat at least one ch- uh, chocolate chip cookie a day, you know. Uh, and so yeah, you can't argue about that, right? And so, uh, so the Lord is good. Amen. Is he great in our life? Let's let, him, let's let him be great in our life. Amen. Let's not just sing as he's great. Let's let, him be, let's let him be great in our life. And so we can live a life free from sickness and disease. And so... Uh, we are actually on the last chapter. You remember this book uh, of uh, Dr. Yeoman's book has got four books in it, right? And so we're in the last chapter, chapter, was it chapter 14 of uh, chapter 16 of the third book uh, in this. So then we'll, uh, so we'll finish up that, that third book. Uh, well, I say we're going to finish up today. I, I make no promises, but there's a good chance we'll finish it up today. So let's turn back to First uh, Kings chapter 17. Uh, we'll finish up that particular story there. <clears throat> And so, of course, this is the story about one of the, one of the stories with Elijah here. So, First Kings chapter seventeen there. So, now I thought it'd be good just maybe just start back up here at the beginning, uh, and it says uh, because we need to get to the context of what the Lord had told him to do. So it says in verse one, and Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, Ahab is the king. Uh, as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. You know, that's a major declaration by a prophet. He declared there shall not be rain until I say there's rain. You know, uh, this was a prophet under the old covenant. And there are prophets in the new covenant. Some people say there's not, which is just, I don't know, you know, sometimes, you know, it's, you just don't even have time to deal with the stupidity of, of the church, you know. Uh, but there are prophets today. They don't stand in the same position as the prophets the old do because the prophets in the Old Testament, they were anointed of God. Nobody else was anointed of God except for the prophet, priest, and king. So if you needed the anointing of God, you had to go to one of these three people. Well, now we all have the anointing of God. So uh, for, the, for our day-to-day life, we don't have to go to the pastor. To, well, pastor, should I buy the red car or the blue car? I don't care. What color do you like? Well, I don't know. Well, then just buy whatever you want to, right? I mean, it, it, you know, I, I'm not the Lord. I mean, I, uh, one of the jobs of the, uh, of the pastor that people always try to put on the pastor is tell me how to live my life or tell me what I should do in my life as far as, the, you know, which job should I take, which person should I marry, which house should I buy. That is none of my business. Uh, you have the Holy Ghost in you, amen? The job of the New Testament Christian is to be led by the Holy Ghost, amen? The purpose of the pastor is to instruct and to teach, and to, and to build you up and to cause you to mature in the word of God. It is not my job to lead you. That's the job of the, the, of the Holy Ghost. Amen. But this is the Old Testament. And so he made this declaration. Well, he didn't just make it on his own. He made it by the unction of the Holy Ghost. Amen. He made it by the unction of the Spirit of God that was upon him as, the, as he stood in the office of the prophet. But he said, according to my word. So, you know, Elijah was very bold. 
and strong in his declarations, and he knew his position, amen? And if the church would know their position, they, they would be able to make some declarations like this as well in the New Testament as, as it was necessary. The thing we have to be careful of is a lot of times in our pride or arrogance, we will make a declaration. Well, you know, thus saith the Lord or whatever. And, and it's not because the Lord prompted you or gave you the unction to do that. Oftentimes we say that because we want to be boastful and prideful about look what we can do, look what we can say. So you've got to, uh, that's, and that's between you and the Lord. I can't judge that unless the Lord shows me that you're in error in those, er- in those areas. Uh, but he made that declaration. And sure enough, it didn't rain until later on he said, it's going to rain. Uh, and so he said, I hear the abundance of the sound of rain. <clears throat> and so it says here, and the word of the Lord came unto him saying, get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, as, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. And so he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he, for he went and dwelt in the brook Cherith. And remember, the word Cherith means promise. Uh, and so he went to the brook of promise. The Lord promised that he would take care of him. Uh, and, and did he? And it did. It says in verse 6, And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Well, why wasn't there any rain in the land? Well, the prophet. So this is self-inflicted right here, right? Ran out of water. Well, why did it run out of water, you know? Because it had to come from somewhere, right? And it it wasn't coming from anywhere because there was no rain in the land. Uh, And so it says, and it came to pass, uh, well, verse 8, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. You know, this is an interesting story because you reckon the Lord knew that the brook would, would run out of water? This was not a surprise to the Lord, right? But still the Lord had him go there. And, you know, sometimes the Lord will orchestrate things in your life because he's trying to teach us as we go, right? Everything, you know, uh, I try to have everything that the Lord has me do to be a teaching opportunity for me to learn, Right? And so in this case, when the brook dried up, uh, what did Elijah do as soon as the brook dried up? Did he start panicking? Start calling those friends? Hey, you know, you're going to water, I'm out. Uh, did he leave and go somewhere else? No, what did he do? Didn't do anything. Just stayed the course, right? Sometimes you've got to stay the course, amen? And, and I think I was telling you about uh, when I was with our pastor, all those difficult years that I was with him, uh, you know, unless I was traveling, I never missed a day of church, even though I would go to church sometimes and be so mean to me and so unkind towards me uh, and accuse me of all manner of evil. You know, one time they said that, that I was sneaking up during the week and intentionally sabotaging the sound booth, right, changing all the buttons and knobs. They accused me of that. Now, they had no evidence that I was doing that. They just said that I was doing that, right? That, that's, you know, and I asked the Lord about that. This was really odd. I said, Lord, why would somebody accuse me of that? Because that's really, isn't that a really odd thing to accuse somebody of? A Christian, right? Who does that as a Christian? child? Because, you know, I fear the Lord. Uh, I, I'm not afraid of the pastor or the, or the other people on the, on, the, on the praise worship team. If I go up there, they're going to be mad at me. I fear the Lord that if I do that, he's going to notice. And, and I'm going to mess up his ministry. Amen? Uh, and so, I, Lord, Lord why, did, why, why would they accuse me of that? Because it was just a really odd thing, right? Because I'd never done anything like that. In fact, I know uh, there was another lady that, uh, we'll get back to the answer to that question, but there was another lady that was one of the singers on the, on the team and left, right, left the church at, at some point in time. And she wrote me an email. Uh, and she said, you know, left, and she, she said, I know that there were many times that you intentionally didn't mix my channel right. She made it as a statement, like it was true. I know there, you remember that? I, I know there were times when you intentionally didn't mix my channel right. She said, but I forgive you. Well, that's great for forgiving me for something I never did. I never did. I never once go, you know, let's just show them. You know, I'll make them sound really bad, you know. Now, every now and then I would, you know, mess with like, you know, sometimes a pastor might be up something and I'd change something, a sound, so she'd sound like a gorilla or something, you know, just real deep voice all of a sudden, you know. <clears throat> she never thought I was as funny as I did. I always thought it was funny. I push a button, you know, she sounded like, you know, something. It's like she got a bass singer, right, from somewhere, but... Uh, because, uh, you know, you can do stuff like that as a sound man. Uh, so don't mess with a sound man, right? Uh, yeah. uh, because they could do that, right? Uh, but I never did, not a single time. Not a single time did they ever go, I'm going to punish them. I'm going to turn them down so nobody can hear me. And we did have one of the, one of the uh, musicians that, why he was on the team, I have no idea. 
he could not play his instrument. He was just, it was just was out of tune all the time. Uh, and so if you're out of tune all the time, you know what setting you have on the, on the soundboard? It's zero, right? You know, I'm not going to turn you up because everybody be like, who's that Barney Fife, right? This, I hear that. Well, what, what do I hear? It's the sound of abundance of bad note playing, right? <laughs> and, so, and, and the pastor knew about it. Uh, I said, Pastor, what do you want me to do for that particular channel? He said, just turn it down. I said, why do you have still have him on the team? You know, just, uh, but none of my business, right? Pastor said, turn him down. I just turn him down. You know, he was happy. Come to practice every time, uh, sing, every, you know. But um, another singer, you know, they couldn't sing, right? Now, this was a singer. Couldn't sing certain songs, right? Now, other songs were fine, but certain songs, couldn't sing them. So you know what to do? Turn them down. That's my job. Turn them down. If, you, if, if you're singing like Barney Fife, you get turned down. Because my job was to make the sound sound good. And, and if you're messing up the sound, you're going to get turned down, right? But there was, no, there was no evil intent on my part. It was that was my job, right? And so, so I did it, you know. So they accused me of, of, uh, uh, of intentionally sabotaging the sound system. And I said, Lord, you know, why would they do that? He, and this is what he said. I thought it was really interesting. He said, people that would do that will accuse other people of doing that. See, their heart w- was full of vengeance, right? If you mess them up, they, they, will, they will cut you. Uh, and that's the kind of person they were. So they're going to accuse you. Now, these are Christian people, right, in the church. They're going to accuse you of all manner of evil because they are the kind of person who would do all manner of evil. But, I, you know, I, that wasn't me, you know. And so, uh, so uh, Elijah's there. Uh, what did he, he didn't move, right? The brook dried up. What did he do? There's no thus said the Lord. If there's no thus said the Lord, I stay the course, right? And all those years I was with my pastor, like I said, uh, I think I missed maybe one, one service out of the 20 years because I wasn't well. In uh, a few other services because I was traveling, but I, every day I, you know, sometimes I just have to force myself to go. It's, it's a shame when you got to force yourself to go to church, right? Uh, but um, uh, I'd force myself to go uh, because that was the la- that was the last thing the Lord said. You go. And if that's the last thing, then I've got to do that. The last thing the Lord said, you go to the brook. And so what did he do? He went to the brook. Well, what, brook dried up. He hadn't told me anything else to do. I stay at the brook. Because maybe the brook's going to start, you know, supernaturally filling up with water. You know, he didn't know. But so many times we look at the natural circumstances and we start changing things, right? Well, you know, so I've got to change something. I've got to do something different because this event occurred. Uh, and and we're, uh, the New Testament says that a Christian is supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. But more often than not, we're led by the things we observe in the natural realm. Amen. This happens, this happens, and we start changing things. Uh, and... Uh, but the, the kindness of the Lord, he's get, he gave us these examples, you know, and so we're supposed to learn from these. We learn from Elijah. We learn that if the Lord speaks, we do what the Lord says, and we stay the course until the Lord speaks again. If he doesn't speak again, because in all those years I was w- with my pastor, he never spoke a second time, stay at the church. He only spoke to me one time in 1988 to, to go to that church, and that was the last time he said to go to that church. Now, I asked him many times if I could leave, many times, you know, but, but he never said, no, stay. He just wouldn't answer me. And so I had to go back with him. What was the last thing he said? He said, go, so I got to go. And I was there until, you know, well, actually after my pastor passed away, we were there about five more months, and then the Lord said it's time to go. But um, so we learned, from, we learned from the example of the prophet here that uh, the Lord spoke, and that's what he did. Amen. Uh, and so then he said to go, then he said, uh, then it's okay to go uh, to... Uh, where the widow woman was, right? Uh, and so, so then it comes down here and says, um, the Lord said that I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee, or to feed thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the woman, uh, widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called for her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. You know, people, I love these stories because in today's society, this would be so offensive to so many. How dare you tell this woman to get you a, a cup of water that you may drink? You know what Elijah would say? I don't care. I'm doing it anyway, right? I'm thirsty. I need somebody to get me a drink of water. I don't know where the water is. She knows. So you go get the water for me, you know? How dare him? You know, does he think he's better? Than, he, didn't, he didn't make any declaration of whether he was better than this woman or not. He just fetched me a drink of water, right? <clears throat> And so, of course, that wasn't enough. So that he, he started doubling up on it after that. As she was going to fetch it, 
he called her. Hang on, hang on a second. Also, he said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And so, uh, so now she's a widow woman, right? So she, she doesn't have them, you know, and of course, at this time, you know, men were the household, uh, you know, they ran everything. They, you know, they had the, the farms and everything. And, and it was as tough as a, as a, as a widow woman here uh, in, their, in their day and time. Uh, and she said, as the Lord thy God liveth. It's interesting because the Lord said that he commanded a widow woman to take care of you. But she said, it's your God. She never said it's my God. Right? She said it was your God. Uh, and so did she, did she know that the Lord appeared to her? Or was it more of an unction? You know, uh, the impression I got was the Lord didn't appear to her in any supernatural way. Uh, it was more of an unction that, that, uh, uh, that she did this and yielded to the voice of the prophet here. Uh, she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake. I don't have what you asked for, but a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil and a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. <laughs> you know, that to me sounds like so many Christians. Yeah, I'm going to die tomorrow. You just watch, you know, and see. I mean, just the worst, the worst confession ever, right? I'm going to eat this and then die. Yeah, you just never know when your time's up, you know. I, I've had people come to healing school for years. And they come and say, yeah, you just never know when your time's up. Give me your card. I'm going to pull your healing school degree from you, you know. Never know when your time's up. You know when your time's up, the, the Psalm 91, what does it say? With long life I have satisfied you, right? And show you uh, my salvation, right? Uh, and so, uh, so when, when is your time up? When two things. Number one, you've lived a long life. Number two, you're satisfied. Amen? Because you may live a long life. And you're not satisfied yet. Well, then live a longer life, right? Because you, don't, you can't live forever. But, uh, so, so do you know when your time's up? Well, do you know when you're satisfied? If you know when you're satisfied, then, I mean, I, don't, I just never know when I'm satisfied. How do you not know when you're satisfied, right? You, I mean, do you eat 24 hours a day? No, you eat till you're satisfied, right? Sometimes we go a little bit beyond that, but you can't go much beyond that. Uh, and so do you know when you're satisfied? Yeah, you, be, you push away from the table, right? Uh, I mean, people act like... This, like this is such a weird thing. It's not a weird thing. Uh, you have a promise to live a long life that's satisfying on the earth. Satisfying, right? Being uh, your last 20 years on, on life support, that's not satisfying, right? 20 years hooked up to machines is not satisfying. 20 years bedridden is not satisfying, right? Uh, uh, and so satisfying is living a full life on the earth, free from sickness and disease. That would be a satisfying life. So uh, but she's not much different than a lot of Christians. Yeah, you just never know. You know, I'll probably die tomorrow. You know, you just know. Uh, I, I had a boss one time, you know, I said, hey, um, uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, see you tomorrow. He said, well, the Lord willing. You ever heard people say that? Lord willing. Doesn't it sound so spiritual? We go, oh, he's so spiritual. Oh, I wish I could be spiritual like him. I'm thinking, that's the dumbest. What in the world? You don't know if the Lord's willing? I don't know if the Lord's willing, but if he is willing, I'll see you tomorrow. But he may not be willing. He may want to kill me tonight. You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm a, I know I'm a parent. I got a child, you know, got a wife that, support, that I support. She doesn't work and this child's in school, you know, and she's, she depends on me to make an income. But the Lord might kill me, so you just never know. If the Lord's willing, I'll make it. I'll be here tomorrow. If not, uh, please sing at my funeral, right? I mean, uh, and so, so I made a note. Don't ever ride home with this guy. Because if you get in the car, it's like, I don't know. Are we going to make it? I don't know. Well, let's just find out. Let's just drive and see. You know, we may not make it. But, you know, uh, so if you say, Lord willing, I'm not being around you because, uh, you know, I don't know if the Lord's willing or not to, to strike you with, with uh, 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 lightning or something, you know. So, uh, but if you know the word of God, you know he is willing. Of course he's willing. He wants you to be here tomorrow and the day after tomorrow and the day after that and 10 years from now and, and 20 years from now, right, Mr. Johnny? Uh, and so the Lord is willing. Amen. <clears throat> and so. Uh, he said, um, and Elijah said unto her, fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me and, and after make it for thee and thy son. You think about uh, if that appeared on the five o'clock news, how, how offended so many people would be. You mean you asked for the widow woman that, that had, on her last bite of food to give you food first. How selfish are you? You know, God is not that kind of person as if the, the news media can define who God is, right? Because they're always trying to, this is what God's like. You have no idea what God, you don't even know God. How, you know, I should be offended because of your stupidity. How, you know, you act like, you know, they always interview these Christian, these Christian pastors and stuff. Well, don't you think it's wrong 
that, you know, you put people out there that are sin? You mean you, you, people in your church are sinners? You call people in your church sinners? I mean, you, you reckon there's any Christian on the earth today that hasn't sinned once in the last 15 years? That means everybody has sinned, right? Now, you're not a sinner the way, you know, that the, the Bible defines that, but you are a Christian who has sinned. Uh, and the news media is like, you mean you're actually saying there's something? Well, yeah. I mean, the whole Bible, how much in the New Testament says, don't sin, right? Don't do this. Don't do that. Why? Because people are doing those things, right? Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't cheat. Why is the Bible telling the Christian not to lie, steal, or cheat? Because the Christians are lying, stealing, and cheating. That's why it's telling us not to do There's no need for us to tell us things that we're never going to do. Amen? Uh, and so, but uh, the, 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 the offense uh, that they would take for, you know, that prophet asked that widow woman for, the, for uh, food first instead of her orphan son. Uh, yeah, that's what he did. Why? Because he's the prophet, right? It's important for him to stay alive. It, well, he's not important as she is. The, the Lord never said he was more important than she is, but he does hold an important position that he needs to be taken care of, amen? Uh, and so, but people would be so offended about that, right? Uh, but see, then he says, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. Uh, and so uh, this, this was a good example of the Lord taking care of him, right? Uh, uh, and really taking care of the wood, widow woman because she took care of the prophet, right? Uh, see, uh, the Lord understands the concept of sowing and reaping. Uh, and so she sowed into the prophet's life uh, just a cake, right? Just a little, a little morsel of food. And she reaped the benefit of staying alive through the whole drought, supernaturally. You, how many people you reckon died in the drought? We don't have record of that. But I bet there's lots of people who died in this year and a half drought uh, that the prophet declared was going to happen. Uh, and so, but she didn't. Why? Because of the law of sowing and reaping. And sometimes the Lord will intentionally have you do something like this to give somebody else the opportunity to, to sow uh, into their life so that they can reap blessings amen now has that ever been abused in the body of christ Ten thousand times it has been abused well if you give if you give to me the lord's going to give you a special blessing right uh, but the thing that you've got to be careful about is anytime you hear things like uh, there is a special anointing on this ministry and if you send us an offering then there's a special anointing that's coming to you that is not biblical right because the law of sowing and reaping the lord says Jesus himself said, give and it shall be given unto you. He didn't say give to the ministry of the greatest anointing. And that's the only way you're going to receive back. He said, give. You give by his direction, not by my direction. You give by his direction. If he tells you to give money to a poor person, why is that person poor? Well, oftentimes they're poor because they've made bad financial decisions. You reckon they're going to invest that and come back with a million dollars? Sometimes they do, right? I think you told me a story about that. Somebody uh, uh, got $20, came back with a bunch of money, right? That's the exception. That's not the rule, right? Uh, oftentimes you give money to people and, and you never see it back. So does that mean that that law of sowing and reaping doesn't work? No, the Bible says if you, if you give to the poor, you what? You lend to the Lord, right? So uh, because he said, given it shall be given unto you. So one of the things you need to understand about uh, giving is you give by the direction of Holy Ghost. And if you give to the church, if you give to the ministries, if you give to, to people just wherever, you give according to the direction of the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you always do that, you'll always be safe. You know, the, the Bible does say give to all those who have need, but it's still, uh, what is their need? Who defines their need? Are they the ones who define their need? Or is the Spirit of God the one who defines their need? Sometimes their need is to be told no. Sometimes, you know, I had, I had somebody come in there just the other day said, hey, uh, can you give me some gas money? Well, you know, I mean, what, what, you know they, they said, hey, can, can you give me some money? I said, uh, they, they've, got, uh, they've got cancer, and they need to go uh, north uh, from here to get the treatments. And I said, what kind of cancer you got? They said, I've got stage four lung cancer. You got, I said, and I'm thinking, now see, I didn't say anything, but you got stage four lung cancer. And I wish Miss Andrew was here. Stage four lung cancer, you know, you know, people like that, are they're in bed. They can't get up, they can't breathe. They're on breathing treatments, right? They're not walking around asking people for money. 
they're, they're this close to death, right? Because lung cancer is very quick, right? It'll kill you faster than just about any other cancer. And stage four cancer is your terminal, right? There's no, you, you got almost no chance, right? Um, and they're, they're here just, hey, how's it going? You know, kind of get some, you know, and, and you know, down here it's like lying, lying, you know. Now everybody that walks in the door isn't lying. I don't make a rule, but they were lying like a dog, right? Just lying. Uh, and I know they were lying. And so, yeah, we can't help you. Uh, and so, but, uh, but, you know, because that's what she needed, right? She didn't need me to give her the money because she was lying. She was lying. And I wasn't, I wasn't punishing her, but, you know, I have to be led by the Spirit of God. Whatever this, if the Lord said, give it to her. Now, look, look, I know the Lord has told me more than once, you give them the money or give them the whatever, even though I know they're lying. Why? Because he's a merciful God, right? He will help people even though they And they think they got one over on me. Well, they didn't get one over on me. Because the Lord said to do it. So if the Lord said to do it, I'm fine, right? Uh, and so, so uh, you give by the direction of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Whatever he tells you to do, that's what you do. If he tells you not to do it, that's still what they need. They, they need to not be given that money because they're, they're just taking money, stealing money from the church by doing that. Because I don't know if they really need gas money or not. You know, they say that, but, you know, they may need cigarette money. They may need, you know, tobacco money. I don't know. They may need alcohol money, you know. Uh, and they may really need gas money. I don't know, but they don't have to lie about it. Uh, you know, I can't tell you how many cancer near-death people have come in here asking for money. It can't be just like, I just didn't want to work today. Can you got, you got any money? Nobody ever says that, right? Everybody's like, I'm near death, you know, uh, or somebody has died. Can I get some money? Well, it's amazing. It's like a pandemic of, of near-death people always needing money, right? Gas money. And they always need gas money. Uh, one person needed gas money to go, uh, she had brain cancer, and she needed to drive herself to, to Chattanooga to get radiation treatments for her brain cancer. I'm thinking, seems like brain cancer, you wouldn't be driving by yourself, right? I mean, you know, normal people, they got brain cancer, you know, have got other problems you're dealing with, right? And I mean, I don't care, you know, but, oh, I can't believe you said all those things. It's still so, right? You, know, you think they're all telling the truth? And look, uh, for me, I, I'm never suspicious of anybody. I just wait for the Lord to tell me. And if the Lord doesn't say anything, I just go with what they say. If the Lord says, you know, they're lying, then okay, they're lying. But even if he says they're lying, I don't, I don't have any vengeance in my heart against them because there's still uh, people that need the Lord, amen? Even if I know they're lying, if the Lord says give it to them, I do it with a, with a joy, with, with fullness of joy, amen? And um, I had one guy come by and say, hey, I need, I need a little work to do, uh, and, and, and uh, can I do some work to get some money? I said, yeah, man, I need... I need all this stuff we needed back here in the, the back of the church here, you know. Can you do that? Oh, yeah, I can do that, you know. He said, but I can't do it till Thursday, you know. Uh, and, and if you give me some money now, I'll come back in Thursday, on Thursday and do it. I said, are you really going to come back? He goes, oh, yeah, I'll come back. You know, I'll always come back. Are you really going to come back? I'm thinking, he ain't never coming back. Because he's down here, it's like, he ain't never coming back. But what did the Lord do? Gave him some money. So I gave him some money. And you know what? He never came back. I know it was a complete shock. It's like, wow, he never came back. Uh, but, um, and, and I mean, I can't tell you, I can tell you story after story. Well, some people came, they asked for help with their, with their electric bill. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, uh, where y'all go to church? Well, you don't go to, we've been looking for a good church. We think this is a good church. Uh, and really? Well, you know, this is, of course, this is a good church, you know? And, and so, um, uh, you know, I, we could write a book on these, but pastor, people would get so offended that a pastor would write a book like this, right? About all people that tell these stories. And, and so, uh, well, we all, well, you all need to come to church here. If you're not going to church here, come to church here, right? Uh, and, and that's what I tell people. Uh, I had one person get offended at me. All oh, you pastors always trying to get people to go to church. <laughs> well, what's my job? Literally get people in church, right? It's not that you just, my job is not to pay electric bills. My, people, my job is to get people in church, amen? That's my primary job is to get people in the kingdom of heaven. You pastors always, you know, telling people to go to church before, they, before you help them. What in the world, you know? <laughs> people are so dumb sometimes but and this was a church goer right well he wasn't really much of a church goer but he he acted like he was a big church goer so where you go where you go to church well we don't we've been looking for a church okay well fine here, here's a church right here uh and, and um, we'll be at we'll be at church sunday i said are, are you really gonna be at church sunday and the, the wife said oh yeah i always do what i say and the husband's like yeah she always does what she says so i said what about you she said well if she, if she comes i'm coming uh do you uh, and so they didn't come 
But, you know, uh, did, I, did I know they were going to come or not? I didn't really know. You know, I always hope. I always hope that they're going to always come. You know, I'm not like John does. Well, they'll never come, you know. Uh, I always hope they do. <clears throat> but, you know, they didn't come. But I still helped them. And it's okay, right? It's, it's perfectly fine. Because, see, I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. If he says help them, I help them. It, that, that's it. That's all I got to know. Lord, what do you want me to do? Right? Uh, that's what the Elijah did. Lord, what do you want me to do? That's what he told the woman. If you'll do this, uh, and, and he, didn't, uh, he didn't make the deal first. He didn't tell her what the blessings were first. He said, this is what I want you to do. Now, she could have just said, I ain't doing that, and walk off. And she would have missed, but thus said the Lord. She would have missed the second part, but she didn't miss the second part, did she? Uh, and so she did that. So, you know, uh, we've, got, we've got to finish up this particular story here. But one of the things uh, that I just want to mention real quick uh, is, you know, in the, in, the, in the scriptures, we find that there, there is a common precedent that when, when people help the people of God, there is blessings in that. Amen. Uh, and, and oftentimes, people around you that aren't even godly are blessed because they're around you. And that, that is perfectly fine, right? You remember the story with, with, uh, with uh, Jesus when he was at Peter's house. He's at Peter's house. Peter was taking care of him. Uh, and the Roman soldier knocked on the door, right? Hey, are you going to pay your tribute? Peter's like, oh, yeah. And Peter's like, I don't know how I'm going to pay it. But, yeah, oh, yeah, we're going to pay it. And he walked in. Jesus knew what was going on. He said, Peter, you know, uh, do they ask this uh, of, of, the, of the children or uh, of, of the other people? And he said, well, they don't, they, they don't ask it of the children. He said, well, the children are free, but to keep from being offended, you go down to the, to the lake, you know, uh, throw your rod in there and, and, and pull out a fish and get a coin, right, and pay, pay the tribute for us, for me and you. See, so Peter was blessed because he was being a blessing to Jesus. And there's a story in, in, in Acts 27, remember when Paul was on his way to Rome and they were on the ship, but he told them originally, hey, it'd be best not to go. And of course, they're like, well, you know, you know, and so they went, right? And you can read it yourself in Acts 27. Uh, and, and so, um, but then, of course, they, they encountered a storm, and, and Paul, I love Paul, Paul said, uh, Sirs, you should have done what I told you to do. You know, sometimes it's okay to say, I told you so, right? So, and Paul did it, right? So Paul said, I'm going to do it, right? Well, I told you not to do that. Now, he said, but, he said, uh, all the lives will be saved, but you're going to lose your ship. Right? Now, of course, that's a huge investment back then, right? It's still a huge investment today, but imagine losing that ship. Uh, that would have been a, a huge uh, financial burden, which they would have not incurred if they had listened to Paul the first time. But see, the whole ship was blessed because Paul was there. And because Paul was there, all of his lives were saved. In fact, when the ship struck ground, the soldiers wanted to kill all the slaves. There was over 250 slaves there. The, the soldiers wanted to kill them all because they didn't want them escaping. Uh, and, and because of Paul's word, the centurion said, no, don't do that, you know, and, and they were all saved. They all made it to, to dry land there. There is a precedent in the word of God that because we are children of God in this earth, people around us that are not saved can be blessed, and they don't get to go to heaven, right? They don't get their eternal destiny set, but they can be blessed uh, in, in times and seasons in this earth because we are here, because we are the children of promise, amen, uh, and, and, and you, should, you should recognize that, that because I'm here that people around me are going to be blessed, uh, instead of always being the one that, uh, that needs everything, be the one who provides everything. Amen? Be like Paul. And you see, Paul didn't have the, the way to naturally do that, to save all those people, but God does. Amen? And Jesus didn't have the way to naturally provide for Peter, for, for blessing for him to pay the tribute, but he did it supernaturally. Amen? So Jesus did it supernaturally. Paul did it supernaturally. Elijah did it here supernaturally. He blessed those around him because of that. Amen? Uh, and so... Uh, where, where do we get down to? We got down to, uh, um, uh, yeah, in verse 16, and in, in, uh, yeah, in the barrel of, of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. And it came to pass after these things that the, that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And the sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come to, unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? And so, you know, that's a lot of thanks for keeping them alive all this time, right? Uh, and so something bad happens, and she immediately blames Elijah, right? <clears throat> now, she said, did you come to call uh, my sin to remembrance? So whatever sin she was committing, she knew was wrong. She knew it, that there was sin involved. And taking any, instead of taking any personal responsibility for her own actions... 
she blames Elijah. Well, it wasn't his fault, you know. And so, but, you know, sometimes we've got, the, we've got ramifications for sin, amen. But still, even though there was sin involved in this situation and there was a ramification of their sin that the son died, uh, what, what was God's response? It says in verse 19, And Elijah, he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid upon him, laid, laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son? And of course the Lord didn't slay the son, uh, but he stretched forth himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. So verse 20 is, is not an appropriate thing to say. The Lord's not killing anybody's son, but verse 21 is an appropriate thing to say. Uh, it's a request of heaven. And so, you know, the, of course, you've got to appreciate that the Old Testament, even the prophet didn't have as much revelation about the Lord as we do today. Amen. He's the great prophet Elijah. We've got more revelation than him. Remember what, what Jesus said about John the Baptist? That there's no greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. Well, why? Because we have greater revelation. We are born again. We get to go to heaven directly, right? Uh, at that point in time, uh, people weren't going to heaven. Uh, they were going into Abraham's bosom. So uh, we, have, we have a greater, and we have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. Elijah didn't have that, amen? So, you know, we cut him a little slack because they didn't have the same revelation that we have. Uh, but uh, he did pray correctly. He prayed the prayer of faith. I pray thee, let this child's soul come unto again. And verse, I like verse 22. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again. It doesn't say, uh, there's not a, a, it doesn't go from verse 20, and it says, the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. Uh, the Lord didn't hear verse 20. The Lord heard verse 21, amen? Uh, and so the Lord ignored verse 20 because that's not a statement of faith. That's not a statement of, of who the Lord is. Did, did Elijah say this? Elijah did say those words. Are those words correct doctrine? Those words are not correct doctrine. Uh, but just, just because the, the, uh, the prophet said them doesn't make them correct. They have to line up with the word of God uh, as, a, as a whole counsel of, of the Lord. And so the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came into him again and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down into the chamber of his house and delivered him unto the mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord is in thy mouth, uh, in thy mouth is truth. This is what caused her to believe in the Lord, not the, the, the supernatural cruise of oil. Uh, and, you know, of course, that's kind of the mother's heart, right? That, that you be good to her children. Then she believes in the Lord because of that. You know, you give her all the kinds of blessings. You know, that's like, well, fine, whatever. Even supernatural blessings like he did, right? The cruise of oil won't fail until, until the rain comes again. That didn't, didn't impress her. Uh, but he saved the life of her son. That impressed her. Amen. And that, that should help us to appreciate that uh, in our job as witnesses of the Lord, that oftentimes the best thing we can do is pray for somebody's children. Amen. One of the best evangelistic tools is, do you have any children? Can I pray for your children? Amen. Is there, are your children well? Can I pray for them? Uh, because that caused this woman to, to hear and to see that God is really God. She didn't say this. There was no testimony about God being God before uh, the son was healed. Amen. Uh, but she saw, she said, now I know. I didn't know with the, with the cruise of oil, but, but you healed my son. Now I know that, that God is in your voice, right? That the, your, your words are the voice of the Lord. Uh, and so, so we can learn from that, amen? Uh, and that, and that's, a, that's an easy way uh, when you're trying to help people and show them the goodness of God is find something that's really, really important to them and let the Lord help them in that area, right? So if it's you know, they haven't had a job in forever. They've been wanting a job. You know, they, they're hard workers and just whatever, for whatever reason, they have not had one. Get them a job, right? If they've got children and they're not well, pray for their children, right? If they've, if they've got marriage difficulties, uh, and, but they, they really want to be together, pray for their marriage, right? And help the Lord, you know, find a thing that's, that, that's dear to them more than anything. And that's, what the, that's guaranteed that's what the Lord wants to help them with the most, with the most, amen? That whatever is important to them the most, as long as it's not sin, obviously, right? But something that's really important to them, find that and help them in that area, and that's where uh, the Lord will show them how good He is. Amen? Then they'll see that, uh, uh, just like she said, I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. 
See, I'm sure he would been telling the whole time, Jehovah God is, is the only God. Jehovah is the only God. It's like, well, whatever, you know, everybody says that. You know, I know you got this magic cruise of oil, but, you know, it's magic. I don't even know if it's working or not, you know. Uh, but, um, oh, you helped my son? Now I know, I know the Lord is God. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, really, and you could preach that from an evangelistic standpoint, right? Uh, go find something that's really important to somebody because the Lord loves to help people. Amen. The Lord desires to help people. Amen. Uh, and and are, there, are there crooks and thieves in the world? 100%, right? Will people even take advantage of the church? I mean, nearly everybody that walks in that door, not, well, not nearly everybody, but, but a big percentage of people that walked in the door uh, that needs help are take, trying to take advantage of the church and, and will demand that the church helps. I had one guy uh, come in the church one time and says, the Bible says you've got to help poor people. Uh, and I love it how people come in. You, you're going to preach the Bible to the pastor, right? You're going to tell the pastor what the Bible says, you know. And, and I said, well, the Bible says a lot of things. Are you doing everything the Bible says to do? You know, you're going you're gonna to demand that I do what you think the Bible says, but I don't have a right to, for, you, for me to demand you to do what the Bible says, right? Uh, and so arrogant people like that, you know, he, he came needing help. He left still needing help, right? Uh, sometimes you can't help people because the only way to help them is not help them, right? Maybe they'll learn from their mistakes and, and the Lord will have mercy upon them, amen? But I'm not, you know, uh, if somebody comes in tomorrow with the same story, there's not, it's not an automatic knock against him, right? I have no law. There's no laws, you know. If you come needing help and you lie the whole time, the Lord may say, still say, you help them anyway. Okay, no problem, Lord. Absolutely no problem. Amen. Uh, and so, let, you want to answer a few questions and we'll finish up uh, this book right here, right? Uh, and so, uh, there's only five questions in this chapter, so we'll get them through pretty quick. Uh, question number one, what does the name Cherith mean? Promise. promise, right? So the book Cherith, the book of promise. Uh, and question number two, what did the brook and the raven represent? The faithfulness of God, right? That he is faithful, that he'll do exactly what he said he would do. Uh, question number three is, when the brook dried up for Elijah, what was the very next thing Elijah did? He stayed, of course, he waited on the Lord, right? What's that? He listened to his next commandment. Uh, uh, the answer I've got is he waited on the Lord, right? Or he stayed the course, right? The very next thing he did was really was nothing, right? Uh, he waited on the Lord. Uh, what does, I, I don't even think I mentioned this one. What does the name Zarephath mean where he went to see the widow woman? Fiery furnace, Fiery furnace crucible, right? Uh, and so uh, sometimes the Lord sends you into the fire, doesn't he? Uh, and, uh, but can you come out uh, smelling uh, without smoke? You can, right? No problem with the Lord sending us into fire because we're not, oh, I'm going to get burned. That's not why he's sending you into fire. He's sending you fire because nobody else can handle it. Amen. You have the capacity to go into the fire and deal with it without coming and come out not smelling like smoke. Amen. People sometimes think I'm going in and it's going to be so hard. That's not why he's sending you in there. He's sending you because it is hard, but you're, you're going to have victory in it. Amen. Uh, did Elijah have victory? He did. He went into the fire, helped all the people around him, raised a child from the dead and came out with not smelling like smoke. See, people oftentimes like, oh, I'm going to the fire. But, uh, you're probably going to get burned up then, right? I'm going to go in fire and have victory. Amen? Uh, we didn't even preach that, but that preached pretty good right there, right? Uh, and the last question is, if you desire something from the Lord, let him hear what? Your voice. The Lord heard Elijah, right? Now, the Lord heard Elijah when he was speaking faith. Didn't hear Elijah when he was saying, oh, Lord, you know, why are you murdering kids, you know? The Lord's like, why is he, is he saying that to me? I ain't killing no kids, you know? Uh, and But when he said, Lord, let this lifeless child come back that i can do that is something i can hook up with that i will hear amen uh and so so that finishes up the third book there we'll pick up uh the last book of, of this uh the main book here uh and that's nine chapters so um i'm looking forward to that one and uh, slightly different uh, flavor in that book too like all of them get their own own unique um uh, emphasis there that we'll look at next week so let's pray and thank the lord for his word today so father we do thank you for the word of god we thank you father for being good to us we thank you, Father, that you do hear our voice. If we, if we cry out your name, Father, in faith, you will hear us. If we ask anything of you, Father, that's your will, you will hear us. And so, Father, we thank you that you do hear us. And, and, Lord, we thank you that our testimony can be a blessing to people around us, that we can be good to people around them so they can see that you're real. They may not know how to find out if you're real or not except through the hands of another person. So, Father, we are your hands and feet in the earth. 
we will go and find that which is important to other people. And that very thing, Father, is the thing that we will try to bless them if you instruct us to do that, to show them that you're a good God, to show them that you're a kind God. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And we give you praise and honor for these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. That was a nice little, uh, I like the end of that, uh, uh, that chapter there. So, you know, uh, we were just, uh, a lot of those things, we were just getting just the same time you were getting them, right? So, uh, that's pretty good. I like it when the Lord does that. Well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. And so, we'll pick up uh, the, next, uh, the next book uh, next week. And the first chapter is called The Human Body. So, uh, of course, this, is, this book was written by uh, Dr. Lillian B. Yeoman. She was a medical doctor, right? So she knows a little bit about the human body. Of course, her, her knowledge is about 100 years old, so some things have changed since then. We've gotten more knowledge about that. But she still knows a lot, a lot about how the body works. Amen? Well, come ahead, Mr. Dear, and receive the offering. And um, don't forget, uh, two weeks from yesterday, we have um, uh, Ladies Fellowship here at the church at 11 o'clock. And this Friday night at 7 p.m., we'll be here for prayer, right? So once a month, we, we gather together as a church on a Friday night, and um, we just pray. And, you know, of course, we pray for the ministry, pray for the church, uh, pray that the Lord's vision is accomplished in this area, and then we pray by the direction of the Holy Spirit after that, whatever he wants us to do. Amen. And so praise God. Uh, well, have a wonderful week, the Lord. Be blessed, and we'll see you next Sunday, right?